This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) The thing about saying stuff before it's over is that you don't know what's going to happen in your 2020 vision. All of a sudden, you start to feel real bad, critical about the things that you've said. It's interesting, but you have to speak from the heart and where you are. Yeah, totally. And I think only that with a humbleness and a reflection on it, you know, just have to be honest about that. I just wonder about Neo listening back, listening back to the podcast we recorded in the first year of his life when I was really struggling. But put yourself in that situation if you listened back to that and you heard the realness and the rawness about it. I think it's still hard when it's your parent. I think there's something that happens uh-huh. when it's your parent. Now, I agree that when you hear the realness of it, it starts to put into context like, oh, that's what was going on or that was what, you know, that's why blah, 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 blah. I do think honesty is the most important thing. And so I've, I'm fine with it. And I think that it helps other people. It's just, it's really sets it in stone, especially here on the podcast, which is why... <laughs> What I'm going to say, it feels like I'm like, oh, this I might look back on this, you know, which is that we put the first estrogen patch on me yesterday to begin the process of another egg retrieval. When we were doing it, you're like, how do you feel about this? And I was like, which is very real. We've been through so much. I can't believe we're back here. We had yeah. seven embryos and we just got one baby and right. all this stuff and not just, I mean, gosh, would never want to say it like that. And we're, we were lucky to have such, such success on the first try. I just never thought we'd be here again. Oh. It just feels like we're Nothing, back it three never, years. never crossed my mind ever that we would be back and here. And I even said I wouldn't do another egg retrieval. And yet here I am. And I feel ambivalent about it. I don't want to push something. Do you feel hard. like we're pushing something here? I feel like there's a there. I feel like I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I don't know the answer to that either. There is a mix of things. I am excited at the future prospect of having another kid, of Neo having a sibling, of our family feeling complete All of that brings me joy to my heart when I think about it. Even the like raising another infant in the sleepless nights and stuff like that. I'm not worried about that. Good. Because I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm going to be doing it, baby. Yeah. Yeah, Here we go. That being said, there isn't this kind of like, I mean, the last time we went through a retrieval, there was just like, I mean, so much. This feels like joy and total joy and excitement. This is the solution. Yeah, this is, it felt so right. And it's not that this feels wrong. It's just like, there's disbelief in me. How are we back here again? Mm -hmm. It's wearing us down. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Wearing us down. 2017, I know we've said this on the podcast, but 2017, Mm -hmm. we started to try to create a family. Mm -hmm. It is 2023. Mm -hmm. And we feel like we're starting at the place in which we were at three, four years. 2020. In 2020. Yeah. (sighs) No, I completely agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even the word feel like our family is complete, you know, the fact that every door was open along the way for it to have a surrogate, everything went easily everything she even got pregnant like it all was happening 
and then it didn't. And now we were left with the choice of like, oh, is that the, are we at the completion of our family or do we start again? And at first, my initial reaction was just like, I want to start again. Like, I'm not done. This all felt right. Maybe it just wasn't the, that embryo, etc. And now I'm like, I settled into the vision of what it looks like to just be the three of us. And we are through the baby, baby stage. And I don't feel, some people are talking a lot about like, my babies grow up so fast, etc. Like I feel very present to his life. I feel like we're right where we're supposed to be and it feels good. And I actually look towards the future with a lot of possibility, yeah. travel, etc. Yeah. I don't feel like it's going too, too fast at this point. It only feels fast when I go and I look at pictures of how little he was. He's yeah. two and a half. He's it's two been and a half. two and a half it's years. It's been two and a half years. It's like, exactly as long as it's been. Yeah. I don't feel like I blinked an eye. <laughs> A lot of people do. A lot of people do. I don't. You don't feel that way either? No. You're so in it every moment. I feel like I feel like I put 150% into every moment. There's no, you know, daydreaming and like or scrolling on your phone and missing five hours of your life. It's like or watching TV for three hours. That's how you lose time. Yeah. I mean, no judgment. I love that. I love those days. But believe me, we've done that many times. Yes, there is a, you know, it's the long days, short years kind of thing. Like it, it is amazing, like where he is at now and you, you've seen it all. But at the same time, I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm so excited about the continued growth and future prospects of our family and of my father son relationship and like father kid relationship that I have with Neo. I'm so excited about that, and I'm enjoying the moments right now, even though it's definitely really hard at many times, and my life has shifted enormously, and I don't do nearly the things that I used to do. We don't do nearly the things that we used to do, but that's okay. Somebody asked me the other day, what led you to want another kid? And I said, the minute Neo was born, I like right early on in his life, I was like, oh, he's a sibling. That was just a feeling I had. It was like he wasn't it. And then I said to this, these two women, I said, but the baby we lost because we had had built such a relationship with that baby will always be a part of our family. Before I even finished, she kind of picked up and she was like, yes. She said, I had a baby. I always thought of him as a sibling. I later had a miscarriage. And I feel like that was the soul. And that was it. And after the miscarriage, I felt completely complete. She's like, I didn't have the desire to have another baby. I even asked my kid, do you want a sibling? And he was like, no, mama. And in a way that she believed him. We asked Neo and he says something else. Well, <laughs> I'll just, I'll say this. You asked him again in private? No, 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 no. And he and was like, hell no, Papa. <laughs> no, we, we've always asked him, Neo, do you want a baby brother? And he's like, no. And then you asked him the other day in the bathtub, Neo, do you want a baby sister? And he said, yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway, for me in this moment and the feeling that I'm hearing us what we both had about putting a patch on. And starting this process of doing another egg retrieval, for those who don't know, beginning the IVF process again from stage one. It is that like what has felt right has not transpired out in the world. And so how long do you hold on to that faith Mm. of like what you think is right as opposed to what the universe is seemingly telling you through the outcomes and results 
of what you're attempting to do. And I think that there's this whole line of thinking, and especially in things like business, whatever, fitness or things like that, like keep trying, you got it, like hold on to that goal. But it's different in terms of this, like how am I pushing for something to happen that like God in the universe is not, it's not showing up. Mm -hmm. And so how am I, I'm holding on to this idea and pain when the other option of letting go and gratitude and satisfaction of my current state is also right in front of me. So the thing... And that's a hard balance to strike because I don't know the right answer. Oh, I don't think we know the right answer. That, I mean, that's been the biggest thing is that it always felt, and I've always felt guided, and it's always turned into what I thought through listening you know, we say like listening for God's loving guidance, you know, it's yeah. like that quiet, still small voice and you, you get quiet and you listen and not that I'm a psychic, that's not true. But like, I, I do feel like, and with pregnancy, that's not worked. And with, you know, even that we had a boy, like that wasn't what I thought was happening. And then all of this, it's like all of these things, you know, making a family and a whole nother life. It's like, I, I don't know. And, yeah. I, and that's what I said to yeah. these women. I said, I don't know anything. And I have a friend that just says, what's the next right thing? And so putting the patch on felt like the next right thing. Yes. I will also say that I do feel like I'm getting strong clarity that like we may need to turn in a different direction and that the direction we've been going in might not be the right direction. Well, And that's an interesting point because I think that... But what's the direction? This next right thing, I have followed that and really been bought into that philosophy throughout this process, right? Like we're not making any decisions on, say, for example, the surrogate. And we're just saying we're following both these paths and we're walking them both simultaneously. And that has felt really grounding and settling for me. At the same time, there's these thoughts creeping in my head around like with the whole IVF process and the whole pregnancy, there's always a next step to take. At what point do you just say the next right step is to stop taking steps? Well, and, and I wonder what I mean, I wonder what people do when they decide to stop trying to get pregnant. And maybe they pass an age or their kids pass an age and they're like, I actually don't want to get pregnant at this point. I'm not in an age where I want to. I'm not at a place in my life where I want to. My kid is not where I want them to be where, you know, they're older and whatever. And so do they have a vasectomy? Do I start taking birth control again, despite how hard that was on me? Yeah. Like, do you have a vasectomy? Do we just stop and then we just stop having sex? I mean, would... I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. No. <laughs> we got to meet that sex goal 99 times. I meant like stop like well, I family mean, planning style. I think that that would... I mean, there, there's pros and cons to it all, right? Like if I had a vasectomy... It answers the question. It answers the question. And then we just like that whole, again, like this six and a half year thing is no longer a presence in our life. I mean, it still is and it will always be a part of our life in an influential time period, of course. But like in terms of like the current how kind of How far from you are you? How far? Are, because the first when you just said that, it was the first time I even really considered like, oh, yeah, we could just have a vasectomy. Like really consider how far from that are you right now? In this very moment, I think I'm in this moment, I'm far from having a vasectomy. Further from having it than further than from having further from one. not having it than having it. R further from not having it. Yeah. But I'm closer in the full process than I've been in a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that depending on how this retrieval goes, if we continue to go forth with it 
depending on how it goes, I think that that will be a real turning point. I think in my mind... I thought this last thing was going to be a real turning point. Well, I did too, but when we lost this last baby... I felt like the opportunity to do IVF again was staring us right in the face already. Even though it felt before that happened like it was the last thing, the opportunity was staring us right in the face. If this doesn't work out, I don't see another one of those staring us right. Yeah, I could just do another retrieval. You could, but and we, we could we'd have mosaic. to we'd have to do a whole nother like I the know, legal contract think... would have to go through no, again. No, no, no. Just that. I, I already asked about it. It's just an, an amendment. Got it. And our GC said she would do it as many times as we wanted. It's just an amendment. So, I mean, at this point, if we have multiple, like if we only get one embryo, I would do this one and I would do the mosaic for sure. Any one that we had that had a possibility, I would I would use every embryo that had a possibility of survival. I'm not going to leave a baby on the table. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. So I, I hear that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I was initially we were like, no, on the mosaic, that feels like another road to heartbreak hotel then I felt very yes on the mosaic right now I just cannot explain the apathy and that's the thing I was saying about 2020 is like if we end up with a baby how could they listen back to us saying apathy you know but it is I'm exhausted it's so hard and part of me just wants to know or just like it's so funny like how you how you grab onto hope it's like the mosaic I had a hope about it and now I'm off from it and it's like what am I even attaching to Yeah, that's so difficult. I don't think that that's going to change. The message that I keep getting is to be in the present moment. That's what I've gotten for the last, yeah, well, you're like, say yes, because that's how you always think. But like, that's where it was like, turn your attention to what you have right now. Mm -hmm. I will also say not to bury the lead, but we went to the doctor to check out how many follicles I had. I don't know if we had said how many I had the last time, which was what, eight? Eight, yeah. This time I had 10. Maybe even a hidden one behind a dominant follicle, maybe 11, maybe could have been hiding one. And she was like, this is your dominant follicle. This is your, um, you're going to ovulate in the next 24 to 48 hours and or 12 to 24 hours or something like that. And so I came home and I was like, well, we've never really known this much, except for I think we did that last time too, like in 2020, uh-huh. the last time we knew. And I was like, let's do it. What were we thinking? I, I don't know. I was surprised you were so all about it. I asked it. you and you said yes. No, I did not. What? You said <laughs> you did. You said, well, I I think we should. Because I was like, what do you think? And you're like, well, I no, feel I like asked we you, just I, should. You were painting that conversation much different than Well, I mean, I was happened. saying I was we, open to it. You were saying you were open to it. I was like, I really, I really want to check in about this. Like... <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Yes, all not true. It is definitely. I mean, no, when I don't we know ask verbatim. each other questions like that, like "What's your instinct?" We'll say, "I think it's a yes" or "I think it's a no." Well, that's what the conversation was like. That's different than no, like that what's was your what instinct the conversation was like. Okay, if you ask me what my instinct on that was, I said like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think eventually, I'm just saying it wasn't like the conversation was like, well, I know I'm ovulating. Should we do it? And I was like, yes, we should. That's kind of, of how course, you painted it. I didn't it. say that. You No, you were like, I think we should. Uh-huh. I mean, you were like, I think we should. But after some deliberation no, and talk about none. it. Yes. It was just like, what's your instinct? We already have had the conversations since fucking 2017. <laughs> it was 
it, like, what's your instinct? If if I had felt differently, we could have talked about it more, or uh-huh. you had felt differently, then we uh-huh. would have talked about it. It wasn't like you said yes, and then all of a sudden there was sperm everywhere. <laughs> it was like you said yes, I said I said I think so. You said yes, you said I also think so. You it wasn't like yeah, the most it was, affirmative. It was collaborative. It was like, you were like I think so. Okay, so then we did. And then last two nights ago, it was our anniversary. I said, what's your favorite memory of the last seven years? And we, we had our time coming up with just one, but we came up with just a, just the top few. Yeah. And I said, our birth and the day Trouser died in the way that both were so incredible and epic and sacred and beautiful. And then, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made it through that first year. And you told me how worried you really were for me. You were like, there were nights I stayed awake because I was nervous about you because I was worried about you. And I had no idea that you added on top of baby sleeplessness. And as soon as you said that, all of the reasons why we've been wanting to have do a surrogate came in. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking the next right step to the best of our ability and we're trying to stay present. I think it's funny that I'm worried about getting pregnant when I never could. I think it's so Yeah, funny. it's like all of a sudden it's just going to happen. That's what everybody says. Uh, that's what everybody says. And we've done so many podcasts on how annoying that can be. Well, I've never had my cervix broken. It, as people only wide say open. that after it happens. <laughs> I've never had my cervix broken that wide open. And I've never since pregnant, you know, because it was pregnancy in the trying phase. It's not we haven't tried that much since birth. And then we rarely know exact that exact on the ovulation. Yeah, I want. I just have the question: How many people have vasectomies after wanting a baby so badly? At some point, maybe you yeah. decide I don't want to be forty-eight and having a kid. It's a good question. Yeah. All I have to say is that this is one month. It's going to be really difficult, but you better be here for me because we haven't Stand had me. the liver. We I'm have, here. We haven't had me in this way in a long time. The like super emotional. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm here. That is one thing I will always be unwavering about, which is just unconditional support for you, no matter how you are showing up or need to show up. In life in general. In life in general. Wow. It's better that way. Now, it doesn't mean that like I don't have an ability to like hold you accountable for certain behaviors or be able to, you know, express myself like but unconditional support means that I'm there for you no matter what. It doesn't mean completely exiting the relationship myself. I'm not disappearing. I will always support you no matter what. To me, it's just easier. Like I feel better when I'm doing that. Mm. So much to learn from you. I hope that I can do that, too. I love you. I love you so much. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.